From Words Matter, here's Elise Jordan and Steve Schmidt. I'm excited today because we have my friend, Emily Jane Fox of Vanity Fair, the all-star reporter who is basically your go-to when you want to know what's going on in Trump world. And we're going to talk about your awesome book called Born Trump. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I read this book immediately and pretty much devoured it. You can just go straight through, and it's so dishy, and it really paints the portrait of just how dysfunctional Donald Trump's family is. And every page, I would say, thank God for my father. Just thank you, Mom and Dad, for being so normal, and thank you, God, for putting me in middle of nowhere Mississippi and not in Trump Tower, just because the dysfunction just pops off the page. It made me, writing this book and doing all the reporting made me so grateful for my parents and my sister. I I felt like I had a a come to Jesus moment appreciating my family. Uh, You know, this book, there have been so much written about this family and these children since the day they were born. Literally, since the day they were born, they've been covered in the press. And they have these images and these caricatures and now these SNL impersonators. And so you had this idea of what these children were like and what their father was like. But I wanted to really understand the relationship with their father to help explain some of the decisions that they make now and and to deeply understand the psychic, twisted, toxic relationship between father and son and daughter it really does help you understand the dynamic that's at play in the West Wing and then in, in the campaign as well, because they're not just a family. They are now political operatives and, and people who are serving at the highest level of our government. And, and it just does help me understand some of the crazy things that would be inexplicable otherwise. Well, because you go through all of the children as characters and their personal relationship with Donald and starting with the oldest child, Don Jr. Mm-hmm. And the quote that's in there. It just, it's jaw-dropping. It's so sad. It's just how Donald Trump wasn't sure he wanted to name Don Jr. after himself because he might be a loser. What if he's a loser? There are a number of times in the book where I was reporting where my jaw dropped to the floor about things he said about his children. That was certainly one of them. When you think of his relationship with Don Jr., they're very similar in the way that they, they're attack dogs. They're pit bulls and they don't care about who they offend along the way. In fact, that's part of their charm that's like that's who they are and it's interesting now to see what what's happening as don jr takes on a bigger role in the midterm elections and his father's potential re-election campaign if it gets that far sometimes you see don jr road testing things for his father where he will say something that is particularly offensive and if the maga base lights up to it then Don Sr. will repeat it a couple of days later. And so it's 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 interesting the role that he's playing is that he's this more extreme version of his father who's sort of like the body man taking the blows and seeing if it works and then the president will repeat it. And that's an interesting point because Don Jr., it's been reported, doesn't actually talk to Donald Trump all that often, yet he's the most visible and popular surrogate going around the country. So he is trying to win his father's affection by going around on the political campaign trail. And then you've got Ivanka Trump, who from an early age used the press as a way to build her esteem in the eyes of her father, which was so incredibly sad to learn about. Mm -hmm. It's funny, they all use something that they know will appeal to their father as a way to gain his affection. And it all stems back, you know, as most children 
um, of divorce can relate to, it all stems back to the divorce where uh, when Don Jr. was just turning 13 and Ivanka was 10 and Eric was 8, um, around those ages, their father very publicly left their mother for Marla Maples and their reactions were very different. Eric was was young and so he didn't really uh, react the same way, but Ivanka was terrified that her father was going to leave her, that her last name would no longer be Trump, that she would be replaced by another woman and kind of be forgotten. Don Jr. didn't talk to his dad. He was very angry. Uh, for for years and really at first didn't want to go into the Trump organization because of what happened and then he realized there was nothing else for him to do. Uh, so so you see the way that that plays out where they all try and, and gain his affection and keep his love because they were worried as children that they wouldn't be able to and they just do it in a different way. So Ivanka is like this master media manipulator and understands or she was. I would not say so anymore. Her relationship with the press is pretty tough right now. But she was very, very skilled at, at crafting her image. Don Jr. is sort of this attack dog in a way to serve his father and his businesses and now his campaign. And Eric is sort of the dependable, reliable businessman. That's why you saw, I mean, I know from my own reporting, um, Eric has not copped to this or confirmed it, but that uh, with the Michael Cohen stuff, the president tapped Eric to be the one to deal with the Stormy Daniels and Michael Cohen lawsuit because he knew that Eric would be a reliable foot soldier for him and could handle the complexities of that situation. Are they looking for affection and love or are they looking for business approval? It's Is the it same about thing the to organization? Them. It's the same thing. They're unable to untie those two things. So being in that business orbit and being connected to their father in any way is something that they're looking for. Did they do things as a family when those kids were younger that were fun? Uh, it depends on your definition of fun. Both of their parents, when they were together, worked nonstop. Uh, Ivana was taking care of the casinos in Atlantic City, so she was helicoptering back and forth to Atlantic City every single day. They would spend weekends at they had this house in Greenwich, um, and so they would helicopter up. Donald would take a seaplane sometimes up to Greenwich, but the kids were raised by two nannies who they had their entire lives and Ivana's parents. That was something I actually highlighted in the book as I was reading it about Ivanka and Ivana having time alone together and how they just didn't do it. Time alone without the nannies, her brothers, Donald, and Atlantic City in the plaza sucking up all the oxygen. Yeah. I mean, look, a lot of children have parents who work really hard uh, and and are raised by wonderful caretakers. But these were parents who I've never really heard of parents who's, you know, when you have kids, your life changes and you, you your life changes to accommodate your children. The children had to accommodate their parents in this instance. They were definitely what I think I've heard the phrase parent first, um, where it was like the kids had to fit in their lives. They didn't, they had like white couches in their apartment and glass animals and things that you don't have when you have young kids because the kids had their own floor of the apartment and were kept very separate from their parents and, you know, full time help for their entire lives. In fact, one of the nannies that raised the children is still works for Ivana today as her assistant. So they, these are people who are very ingrained in the family and their parents didn't really have that kind of relationship. Are that. there are there favorites amongst the kids? Uh, yeah. <laughs> they think <laughs> you could name it. Let's get through the hierarchy. Uh, so Ivanka is like... First amongst equals. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's just no one higher. Because she's smarter? Because she's a better media manipulator? Because... 
Why? She's good looking. Uh, she's attractive. She is very skilled with the media, and she's someone who her father, I think his father just like her. He likes women better. He just gets along with women better. If you see the people who have really succeeded and stayed the longest in the West Wing, it tends to be the women who understand how to manipulate him better and operate around him better. I think he also feels threatened by men sometimes. Uh, and, and I think that that's part of the reason. Plus, she's like the most palatable, outwardly impressive of his children. Don Jr. From my reporting, they, they've had this sticky relationship since he was an adolescent, but I don't believe he thinks Don Jr. is very bright. Someone who's very close to the president once told me that uh, the president asked him, what do you do when you have two sons and one is far more skilled and incapable than the other? And the implication was that Eric was the far more skilled and capable than the other. And that's why Eric Trump is the one who's deputized to deal with, you know, kind of cleaning things up. Why he was the one who took over Turnberry, which is the golf course in Scotland, which was a huge thing for their business. It happens to be hemorrhaging money. But uh, it was Eric who took it over and not Don Jr. So does Jr. look at this as really the opportunity of a lifetime to build his brand, to really step outside of his father's shadow and and be a legitimate political power player in his own and in, you know, the, I guess, uh, Trumpistan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to say he's stepping outside of his father's own because he's basically stumping on his father's message. But out of all of them, including his father, Don Jr. is the only one with, like, real ideological beliefs, and he's certainly the most conservative amongst all of them. He has this weird appeal because he does hunt and he does spend time in the middle of the country where uh, the president would never, ever spend time with the kinds of people where the president would not spend time with. There have been rumblings for years long before his father run, ran that he would one day run for governor or mayor or have some sort of position. I think in his mind, that's potentially what he's gearing up for. You can listen to Born Trump by Emily Jane Fox on Audible, narrated by Emily herself. It is a fantastic listen. And here's a special offer for our listeners. If you go to audible.com slash words matter and sign up for a 30-day free trial, you can get Born Trump by Emily Jane Fox for free. Or you can text words matter to 500-500. If you want to listen to more of our interview with Emily Jane Fox of Vanity Fair on our amazing book, Born Trump, the full episode will be available on Monday. Audible, because words matter.